What makes an artist a successful business? We're going to find out today with Selena from Carmico. Selena Muriel is incredible. She's a designer of beautiful things. She has this lifestyle brand called Carmico that launched in 2019 and just took off. Now she has a team of five people in Canada making amazing hats, sweaters, bags, enamel pins, button-ups. It's a delightful brand. And I think it's incredible because so many people design, so many people do art, but she really has unlocked the key to making this brand, this amazing store that people love and people identify with. And it has a beautiful ethos behind it of environmentally friendly and size expansive. And I'm in love. So let's get right into it. Welcome to Fan Funded with Laser. I am Laser. The goal of this podcast is to help you build an audience full of true fans who are actually excited to support your music and art. Today, my special guest is Selena Muriel of Carmico, which I am a huge fan of. It is a beautiful brand of wonderful things. Oh, thank you. Um, objects. And I am so excited to talk to you. So let's hop right into it, shall we? Hi, Selena. How are you doing? Hello. I am so good. How are you? I am I am amazing. And I like I've keep saying, I'm a big fan. I have one oh. of your star bags on the way and I'm from your last sale, so I'm jazzed. Thank you so you. much. Oh, <laughs> it was like I remember when you emailed me, I was like, me? Mm. Me? What? Oh, that's so funny. Because you've you I, I feel like well and, I, and we're gonna talk about your journey. But you're you're one of many people that my perception of your journey is you're awesome at drawing. You've done some Kickstarters, but now you're like in you've done like little shops and you're yeah. a, you do you have like an incredible business. Oh, you're, thank you. <laughs> you. You have you are so amazing. So I was oh. surprised that you got back to me. I'm very excited oh. that you're here. Wow. Thank you. No, I mean, I'm I'm surprised you even wanted me to come on so I guess we have that that kind of mutual vibe but yeah no it's really been quite the the journey and like blows me away every day like I'm like I'm doing this I love it (laughs) it just yeah all right I'm gonna close the pictures of this extremely cute person smiling at me in a mushroom cardigan but everybody (laughs) please go to carmico.ca and I'm gonna dive into my questions so how do you describe your job selena it is it's always a tough question because i mean the kind of more formal answer is that i'm the like owner and artist slash designer of a small indie lifestyle brand is kind of like elevator pitch Mm -hmm. but if if people ask me to go into a little bit more detail it's um i mean just that but being the artist and designer of a like i call it a lifestyle brand Mm-hmm. as a small tangent just because I don't want to like shoehorn myself to only doing fashion and apparel I want to do everything um but yeah. yeah I on the day-to-day it's with like everything from team and social media managing to obviously designing the clothing and not only designing but illustrating everything as well and then on top of that uh facilitating the manufacturing and kind of like 
swatching fabrics and talking to my manufacturers and trying to get things to be as perfect as possible. There's a lot that goes on. I, as I'm sure you know, it's like, I'm the owner and artist of XYZ, but that is like a small slice of the pie of what I do. But the more elevator pitch of it is just... yeah. Yeah. I'm always very impressed to see, like, this is my warehouse. Look at all of my beautiful <laughs> things. Um, so was this an intentional career choice or what sort of path led you here? I would say yes and no. So if you want to, like, kind of go through the timeline. Yes, please. Um, so I guess, like, when I was a kid, I was always very artsy. Favorite class was art class and also very nerdy, like, video games, anime, comics. And at a certain point around when I was, like, 12 I was like oh people draw and put the pictures on the internet <laughs> and this was like I this was around like the 2012 2013 2014 time of like deviant art yeah <laughs> which was a wonderful yet dark time in <laughs> <laughs> a wonderful yet dark time that's a beautiful way I mean it. you you know what I mean for sure yeah. and I was like wow people can like interact with their art so I had signed up for a DeviantArt account but then very soon learned I was like oh people can make money you can just like draw stuff and make money again very very dreamy like early high school idea of being an artist as a career and especially seeing someone who at the time was my idol and now she's one of my best friends Ocean in Space Um, she's been doing this for a long time and I was like, wow, you can like go to conventions and sell stuff there. And I had never been to a con before and I saw it and I was hooked the second that I saw that people had their little boots. And so I went to my first con when I was 15 and I nice. like sold for the first time my like shitty little posters. And the, fir- <laughs> the time, the first time that someone bought something from me, I instantly bawled. Yeah. I was like, this is amazing. So it definitely was like, I got hooked from there, but of course being the, like, first-generation child of immigrant parents, they're like, this is great, Selena. However, comma, will you, uh, will you be finding a, a real career? And I was like, hmm, what, what real career can be adjacent to what I'm doing here? And I apparently chose video game design, so I did. Oh, great, yes. Yeah. Excellent. So then, like, I did the cons through high school, and then, I went to Sheridan College in Canada here for the Bachelor of Video Game Design. And I continued selling at conventions and doing... At the time, it wasn't called Carmico, but I kept, like, doing that stuff kind of through college as well. And about halfway through, I was like, I don't think I want to make games. (laughs) Mm. And I just kind of realized, I was like, "Mm, I don't really think it's my thing. But I also didn't want to drop out just in case you know, it didn't work out. I wanted to have the backup plan. So did I overwork myself? Yes. Did I burn out? Absolutely. Do I recommend it? No. But <laughs> we all have our different paths, you know? Yes. And like I say to people, like, you know, you can't make the right choice until you know what the wrong choice is. Oh, absolutely. Plenty of times. That's the, that's the necessary stuff. Yeah. You definitely can't know what's right until you know what's wrong. And I was like, it was even to the point that my one of my professors, who's now a really good friend of mine, he's like, Selena, with all due respect, um, why are you here? And oh, I was no. like, dude. I mean, it was like, it's totally with good intentions because he saw what where my passions lied. I was mm-hmm. fighting for my life in those coding classes. And 
he's like, I know what you, what you like to do. He owned a lot of my shirts already. And he was just like, I don't know. Like, why don't you just do that? And I was like, well, you know, I mean, it's the last year. Like I gotta, I gotta fin, I gotta see this to the end. And yeah. so finally graduation came and I kind of like in my last year of college, I decided to rebrand to Carmico because for the while I was using a different name and I was just like trying to do fan art and it was like things that I, maybe I was like, oh, well, they're popular, so I should do them, not necessarily doing right. the things that I was passionate about. Mm-hmm. And so I had this existential crisis where I nearly quit <laughs> for right. six months and I was like, it's not working out. I'll become like a video game designer, I guess, because like, that's can my we career choice. Talk about that for a second because... yeah making stuff that you didn't want to make in the first place and then that not working is the most discouraging feeling. For sure. Because you're like, well, I'm doing what I want to do, right? I'm creating things, like I'm creating art to sell, right? Mm -hmm. But it was this like thing that I really had to kind of go backwards on, like take several steps back and look at. And it's like, well, what I want to do is make things that make people happy. That's the bottom line. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if those things don't make me happy, the mm. people can tell. Yes. Like, this is the biggest thing that I've like seen and a big piece of advice I give to people. It's like, if you're going into this just to get popular or just to get famous, people know. Like, they can tell. <laughs> yeah. And they're not going to vibe with it. And so I had this, like, these few months where I was like, I'm quitting. And then I went to a single convention that I didn't sell at and was like, no, I have to. And... So then I rebranded and I was like, I'm just going to make what I like and the people will come. And if they don't come, at least I'm doing what makes me happy and the things that I'd want to see and I'd want to wear if I like was browsing online. And that really was the ticket to things taking off. Yeah. And who would have thought me being happy <laughs> would make other people Shh, crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean that makes perfect sense to me. So, so how long ago did you launch Carmico? Would you say like in the way that it is now, or has it been? Is that a hard question because of the evolution? Definitely not a hard question. Just because like technically the name Carmico started in like March of 2019, but I was oh. still in school, and so I was kind of dabbling here and there with like the new brand and making new things, but. I graduated in April of 2020, just the beginning of COVID. And at that time, it was like I got laid off from my part-time job at EB Games, uh, just graduated. And I was like, well, I literally can't do anything else. And I was like, this is the perfect opportunity to make some mistakes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Starvation is an excellent motivator. It is. Like, I hate to say it, but it's true. (laughs) And so I was like, well, I have... I have nothing to lose and I'm just going to give it my all and very like definitely wish COVID did not happen, but very thankful Mm -hmm. to have the time. Like it was like the perfect timing of I lost my job. I'm out of school and kind of the world's in a pause. And so if I take the next year or two to do something super crazy and then absolutely fail when the world comes back to normal, I'll be at zero again. And like, you know, even then, like, even if it, the world was normal, it's like people, I don't think a lot of people realize like how much time we really do have on our hands. And I am incredibly lucky that I did graduate quite young, but yeah. it's like, if I take three years to follow my dreams and then it fails at the end of that, like the world's not over. Yeah. <laughs> like you can still keep going and do other things. 
So yeah. it was definitely like like along with the adjustment period of COVID and stuff. And I moved from Oakville to Kitchener, just like moved completely different towns. People in Ontario will know where those are. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. I just realized I was Ontario like, people. I know yeah. I love it because I, I every once in a while I'm like, oh, carmico.ca. How exotic. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. But yeah, so then I'd say like the time that it truly like became like, okay, this is a business was when I launched my Kickstarter in August of last year. So almost a year. Mm -hmm. I think it was like late July. I don't quite recall. But either way, about a year from literally right now ago, I launched my Kickstarter for the Starbags. And I was convinced that no one was going to want it. I was like... (laughs) I will be pleased if a hundred people back this. And I, my wildest dreams was making like $30,000 in revenue. And that was wild to me. I had never even seen that kind of money. Yeah. And then the Kickstarter hit, which I already had like a little bit of a following kind of building up to this, but really nothing kicked off quite like this. And what did you end it, up making? So it was like, I hit that 30K. Yeah. Within the five minutes of it starting. Oh my gosh. And like jaw to the floor, absolutely sobbing. I like call my partner and I'm like, um, uh, I don't, they made a mistake. Like, I don't know. I was freaking out. And then more and more. It was a 20 day Kickstarter. And at the end of it, it was like $156,000 and 1,400 plus people. And I was like... I cried every day in the, the good way. I'm a crier. Yeah, yeah. Let's start off I with love. that. Yes, you've already cried several times in the yes. stories of this interview, so I love this. I was just, I was blown away. I was like, people really like what I do. And, yeah. you know, it's tough being a person in a society, you know? Mm-hmm. You just, you see so much on social media and so many people doing things and for the longest time, I was like, where's my place in this? And in that moment, I was like, I've done it. It's yeah. Been years. I was like, I've done it. I was, just, I was so over the moon. And so I think that was the, the point in which I would say that things really started. And I looked at it. I was like, I can't do this in my suburban home. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. And I was like, I, first of all, never seen that much money. I had to hire an accountant. I had to incorporate. I had to find a place. It was very instant. I always say it's like a 90 degree turn upwards mm-hmm. with that Kickstarter. And then right after was my fall line that I put out, which did even better. I was like, this is impossible. I don't understand. Oh. <laughs> and of course, all my friends are like, what do you mean you don't understand? And I'm like, well, you know. So, so I- Selena, let's talk about this like aesthetic that you have. Do you have a way that you describe like what is the Carmico brand? Because it's so cohesive. Yeah. You talked about it's like the stuff you would like to wear. I mean, so the way I kind of try to describe it, the, like the easy way is wearably quirky. Mm-hmm. Because I find that sometimes things can kind of teeter over the line one way or the other, which, you know, I love those things. They're super creative or they're super sleek and everyone needs a basic. But I was like, I don't know if there's quite the happy middle. And especially being in the games industry, at least for school. And then I went to a bunch of events. I always found that people were loving these like shirts and just clothing items that were just that like perfect happy medium between showing off your personality while still 
being I, I when I say wearable it's like anything's wearable if you have the confidence to do so but yeah. sometimes people want to walk into the business meeting and show personality well or not even business meeting but like like they want to show their personality while not being the absolute center of attention right and that's kind of the vibe I'm going for everything is very like nature themed yes so far and in that I do include space as a part of nature because it's like something that naturally occurs in our very vast and expanding universe this is like existential a question that is not related but do Mm. you know why gen z likes frogs and mushrooms so much this is probably the hardest question you've asked me I, we've all been doing, like, me and a bunch of my queer friends were like, we have to like frogs now. All of the kids like frogs, and it's part of queer identity. But we don't know why they like frogs, and we don't really like frogs, but I guess it's our thing now. And I thought, like, like, since you are part of, like, the culture of dressing us all in mushrooms that you might know. And I'm also part of the queer squad, but... Yeah, yeah. Like, Do you like frogs? Yes, absolutely. Um, Okay. And so... For me, frogs are kind of like a cuffed pair of jeans. Like, you can spot it from a mile away. <laughs> okay, so there are new, like, there are new flagging. Yes. <laughs> in, in a way, I couldn't describe it, but also I just got a frog plushie in the mail the other day. It's just, like, and the thing is that actual frogs, they are super cute, but there's something about the, like, they're just, there's something about, I really can't put my finger on it. I think because it's, like, kind of ethereal in a way, with, like, the mushrooms and the frog aesthetic, kind of like the forest fairy. You know what? I've got it. I feel like okay. every single, like, Gen Z and even, like, late millennial is, like, this close to running away to the forest to live off the land. Okay. And wearing, like, <laughs> like <laughs> mushroom and frog aesthetic stuff and enjoying that is you get your taste of the true dream, I guess. I've always seen people just be like, man, I am... I am one bad email away from just running away with my lover to the forest. I'm like, you know what? Me too. Well, <laughs> I mean, and your sense. clothes are very appropriate for it. You have your mushroom, your toadstool hats, and you're ready to get in there. Yeah, so. and it's been it's been quite a point of pride for me whenever... So I have the little, like, notes section in my order, mm-hmm. and I read all of them. And I take the time to read all of the notes, and there are so many orders, but I make sure... And even my employees, which is so cool to say, if I didn't catch one, they'll like come over if there's this particularly nice one. And especially when it's like the queer kids and the trans kids, they're like, your yeah. shirts are like, I finally found the shirts that I'm comfortable wearing and that yeah. make me feel like myself and make me feel comfortable in my body and have something that fits. Cause a big thing for me is like it being unisex and being applicable for anyone of any size and style and of course there's always room to improve but it's just something that's so important to me that anyone and everyone feels comfortable that when I get those messages it's just like I'm doing the thing I set out to do and the frog and mushroom vibes do hit with the kids (laughs) they do yeah I think that's how I first found you was on one of my many like queer plus size groups is like how do we Mm. get where do we get our big shithead button-ups everybody where are we getting them these days how do we get a mushroom button-up okay here they are <laughs> they're one of those threads every week and you know it's a delight. i love that um, i didn't even know i was in that but i love that i that i well, am because you go you have inclusive sizing which is really nice speaking of you you know wanting to have the unisex and the sizing like why did you decide and 
continue to decide, I guess, to work the way you do. I mean, you do things on Kickstarter. You do things independently. You're running your own empire as opposed to licensing with Zara or something like that. Is this an intentional choice? But like, why, why are you doing it independently? It's absolutely intentional. Mm-hmm. And I think if we're going to get deep for a second, please, it's the biggest thing for me is that I want to make people happy with my work and in a way with that to be perfectly honest it's like to build a community around what I do so putting something into Zara or one of those other big conglomerates of fashion (laughs) it just you'd be kind of one of many and I wouldn't be able to connect with people and like this all kind of stemmed from me being an extremely bullied kid not something that I'm like I've since like gotten over it and I well you know (laughs) It's always part of your identity, I think. Yeah, and it's something that I know if that didn't happen to me, I probably wouldn't be who I am today. Not that I'd recommend it, but it's with that, I'm like, I want to have that personal connection with my audience for them to be like, not only does Selena care about us, like Selena and Carmiko, because like I, like Carmiko's now like a brand and a team, but Selena and Carmiko care about me. The whole point of like the mindfully made kind of tagline that I use is not just for the environment, which it is a huge factor in what I think about, but it's also mindful of the, the people that I'm making this stuff for. It's like, what do, what do they want? What will make them happy? What will make them feel like, I want to feel like it's a friend that made something for you. Mm-hmm. And so putting it into a Zara or one of those other big places is just going to be one of many trying to sell to the masses, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I love that. I think it's having that connection is is really beautiful. I want to talk about strategy stuff now. Mm -hmm. So I know you've done, you've done a few Kickstarters. Yes. For different. I've done two. two. Yeah. Okay. But you also release your stuff. And I I love when you show us like your in progress designs (laughs) and then you release them. Do you have like a strategy of how often you add new products and how that works, or is that something you're developing, I guess? Um, it's definitely something that's in development. So mm-hmm. I am totally blown away and so lucky to have the like absolutely explosive success from last year to this year. But with that, it was like, I couldn't really strategize. I was like, well, I gotta go, like, I gotta get this done. And now that we've you know learned what we needed to learn to be able to run things at the volume that we have now, now we can start to make a structure. Because before it would be, hey guys, I uh, thought of this thing. Uh, should I make it? Yes, no. They say yes. And then I go and do it. And especially this year, I was I burnt myself out pretty bad by being like, well, I just got to make more. And I tried to do four lines in a year. Yeah. Clearly that did not happen. It's been two. But that's yeah. all right. And so like next year will really be the year of having some kind of structured strategy for not only the new products, but also restocking old products and running sales and stuff. So yeah, it's definitely something that's in progress, but we are making good lead way on that. How do you decide what is a Kickstarter product and what is a store product? And do you do pre-sale or is it just because you have this relationship with your social media that you're able to do that or? So Early on, it was pretty much exclusively Kickstarter and pre-orders because mm-hmm. I didn't have the capital to just buy things. And I also <laughs> yeah. didn't know what people wanted. I was just like putting it out into the void. 
And essentially how I funded things from before that point was I worked a part-time job and I would, I would pay my bills and then anything after that, I would put into the business. I didn't, like, I would treat myself sometimes, but it was really like, I was like, I'm just going head first into this. And then any profits I made would kind of get recycled. So because of that, I chose the Kickstarters and the pre-orders so that, you know, I could A, get an idea of what people wanted in what volumes, because I, I would not have ordered 1,400 bags. Yeah. <laughs> I would yeah. not have thought people would want that. So that's definitely a factor where it's like, if I don't know like how much people want, then I won't just buy it. But now that things have kind of progressed and I have a general, un- things change all the time. Yeah. Sometimes there's things that I don't like that people think are amazing and they want more. Sometimes there's things that I think are the best thing I've ever made and it doesn't do so well. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of the nature of the court of public opinion on fashion. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, the way that I kind of decided is if I'm unsure of what people want or if it's something that's a bigger project than what I've done before, then I usually go for a Kickstarter or a pre-order. And if it's something that I've done before and I know kind of like what people tend to want to buy, like my button-up shirts, I won't ever do a Kickstarter for button-up shirts because I know kind of what people are going to buy and then I'll buy those outright. But I'm not sure if you've seen my moth bag that I've been working on. (gasps) What? Yeah. I have a Luna moth backpack slash purse slash fanny pack that I'm working on. And I'm also going to do like the death's head and the common moth and like rosy maple and that would be something that i would consider either a kickstarter or a pre-order for at this time yeah because there's so many different styles that i'd want to be sure that i'm committing to the right amount Mm -hmm. and just you know for that kind of safety buffer and it's a bigger project than my normal lines i mean the kids love moths they love the mothman all the kids have a big crush on the mothman i know (laughs) (laughs) he's the gay icon and you know what i don't blame them i Absolutely. I mean, very sexy. Very sexy. Yes. Those red eyes. I mean, and it's it's interesting because I, I teeter on the, like, borderline of, like, the end of millennial and the beginning of Gen Z. So I feel mm-hmm. like I'm the perfect, like, oh, middle absolutely. ground of understanding both sides. And I love moths and frogs and mushrooms. And uh, sometimes I'm like, I'm a hip with the kids, but I'm also <laughs> one of the kids. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, I have a question that I know is going to be a weird one. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people draw things on the internet. There are a lot of people who make mushrooms. You have turned it into this thing where, like, people are buying cardigans and hats and beautiful bags and and button-ups. Do you know what, like, the skills are that have made it? or, Or is it just, like, a different desire to make your career go this direction that um, makes you successful in this way? Yeah, so I guess the question you're asking is, like, just so I know, like, I can clarify so I can answer it properly. Yes, please. It's, like, you know, so many people draw mushrooms and so many people draw yeah. these things, and what what made mine hit in comparison I, I, to, like, I mean, other even, people, like, or? what is... What are the skills you need to run your business? Like, what skills do you have that you find yourself tapping on? And what skills have you had to develop that you didn't have Mm. before to run, like, a huge business where you're constantly manufacturing stuff? Yeah, so, honestly, the, like, illustrative skill Mm -hmm. in my, like, pie chart of things that I need skill-wise, shockingly, it's quite small. Yeah. Like, it's a really small portion of what I do. 
And it is very important to, you know, have that artistic skill because at the end of the day, you can kind of do whatever you want. And if people don't like the stuff you make, they're not going to buy it. Yeah. But it's, I think a big thing is understanding how the people want to be treated and having a genuine, and this, like, I don't even think this is a skill, but just doing things genuinely Mm -hmm. and doing it because you like it and like when I when I post I think a big thing that had people kind of latching on and then keeping going is that they feel a part of the process yes and in a way it is a little bit of a strategy but not that I'm like sitting at home plotting being like oh they're gonna love this one and it's just like I have an idea and I'll put it out there and they'll be like oh my god I love it and then I'll share the progress and being like, hey, so I got the first sample, and I think I should change X, Y, Z. What do you think? And then they'll give their input. And then when the final thing comes out, they feel like they were part of that journey. And yeah. that's a like huge social skill to have to for me to know. And, re- and I think even in just the case of like recognizing that that is something that people enjoy, and making sure that I remember to do it again. <laughs> so, I think that in itself is a skill to like yeah. socialize with the internet people. I mean, and your social media big... is on point and that's you, right? Or at least. Yeah, by... it, it is me. Yeah. I do all of the, other than we do have the like Carmi crew Twitter account. That is my friend Lily. She handles like answering questions in the comments. Cause sometimes it's a little overwhelming for me to answer everything. But as for the main Carmi co pages, that is just me. And that's my 24 <laughs> seven. <laughs> that's your job. Um, it's my job. But yeah, and then other skills definitely, like, it's tough. I want to say, like, business savviness, but not in the, like, I don't know if you watched Bo Burnham's Inside. Oh, yes. Yes. Not in the, like, CEO entrepreneur, born in 1964, kind of, (laughs) like, businessman, but more in the sense of, like, seeing the trends and the ebbs and flows of your business and the things you need to do, like, if there's a dip, what you need to do to kind of get back up and having that understanding of kind of like the ebbs and flows of business and how to you know keep things going in the way that you want it to go another thing is being a good leader I'm Mm. definitely like I've been generally a kind of like shy person in my life but then when it comes to like group projects or when I used to work part-time jobs and now especially having employees being able to keep morale up and having everyone be excited about the things that I'm working on. Cause of course I'm the only one des- designing any of the stuff as well. Yeah. And so I'll come out and be like, look at the sample, look at the thing I'm making. And so they're excited about the things that they are packing and sending to people. Mm-hmm. A skill I don't have, but God, I wish I did was mathematical skill. <laughs> My God, who would have yeah. thought I, I became an artist to avoid math and here I am. <laughs> Yeah, they make you do the ads and the the having all of that stuff in your head, huh? Yeah. Oh, another one, which I've always struggled with this, because I I think a lot of artists have the pride of, like, doing everything themselves, and it's the ability to delegate. And for the longest time, I was like, I can do this all alone. I want to be the, like, the, the it girl that does everything by herself. And then I realized, I'm like, I'm going to, like, crumble. And not only will I hurt myself in this process, but I'll hurt my business. Yeah. And there is no shame in asking for help. And that I think is a huge skill in being able to have the humility to be like, either A, I can't do this myself or B, I don't have to do this myself. And then you bring someone on who's eager and happy to help 
to be able to delegate and to not feel like your efforts are undermined by that. And it bounces you up higher because you have mm-hmm. still have time to draw and stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. Especially I like when I first realized I needed to hire someone, it was after the Kickstarter, not even after it was like the Kickstarter hit and my email inbox was flooded oh, yeah. with just like questions. People needed to change things. And at first I did it all by myself. And then the Kickstarter went, like came and gone and it ended and I did all that by myself. But then I did the fall pre-order and that was even more emails. And I'm so happy to help people and to do the email stuff. But at a certain point I was like, I got like 200 emails in a day oh and I God. spent 12 hours straight just replying to emails frantically. And I was like, I can't keep doing this. Like there's other things I had to do for that launch other than just answer emails. And I, my partner actually at the time, he, he used to do painting and then he stopped painting. And I was like, well, and he was looking for a job. And I was like, well, what if you just join me? And he's like, (laughs) hell yeah. And there was my first hire. (laughs) Yeah, that was definitely crazy. And then as it was just him and I, then we were like, we kind of need another person and so on and so on until we have a team of five. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. What are some opportunities that have come up since you have started this journey that you journey. wouldn't have expected? Well, doing this podcast with you, Excellent. of course. You're welcome. But a big thing was I have a little physical store in downtown Toronto. It's not my store, but it's like a little spot in a, it's called the Arts Market. The one that I'm in is on, is in the Junction It's on Dundas for anyone in Toronto. I don't have the address off the top of my head, but you know where the junction is. Yes, they do. And I, they do. Do I? Not really, but (laughs) I don't drive, which is also a stereotype, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I got the opportunity to have a little tiny little shop space in there. And I actually was in one of their old locations just before COVID happened And I had a very, very small spot. And then COVID happened and unfortunately they had to close that location. But then they reached out later on and they're like, we see all the things you're doing. Do you want to come back? And I'm like, yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) So that was a big thing. But definitely with COVID, it's kind of been tough to get opportunity and like have things kind of come my way through that. And I don't really know how how else to say this, but a lot of them have just been things I've sought out on my own for the business because I find that like especially at the beginning of COVID not a lot of things were like people weren't like really reaching out for things because you can't do things in person so I kind of just like went and got them (laughs) good for you though because you you want the things you want and it seems like that's a big part of your success is having that head on your shoulders yeah because I found a lot of the time it's like and I I even fell into this like at the beginning where it's kind of waiting for things to come to me and Mm like waiting for someone to notice and like and like you did like come up from the skies of the emails and be like please come do this thing which super 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 jazzed when I got your email but sometimes things don't come and sometimes people even if no matter how like popular exciting you're getting sometimes it misses people's radars and it's not weird to reach out and be like hey do you want to collab look at these things I'm doing and like, not that I can really talk about stuff that I'm doing right now, yeah. but he, 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 like <laughs> some of them, they reached out to me, but some of them I was like, Hey, I love what you do. And here's what I do. I think that we could work well together. And then they're like, Oh, 
yeah, you're like, you're great. Let's do it. And I think that's a big thing that people kind of have this like misconception of when it comes to being like, for lack of a better word, like internet famous, where Mm -hmm. everything just kind of comes to you. And even I was the same. I was like, why am I not getting any opportunities? Yeah. (laughs) And sometimes you got to seek them out yourself and there's no shame in that. And a opportunity that you've sought out yourself versus that someone came to you are just as valuable either way. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. Well, yeah. And you've earned it by being the person that people will say yes to because you have such a cool audience and such an amazing dope Instagram. Thanks. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We're coming to the end here. I have, I have my final questions. Are you ready? I think so. (laughs) What would you change about your job if you could change anything? That's a tough question. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's tough because like we are still in the pandemic. So there are things that perhaps when it's all over, hopefully soon that will happen. Definitely. I would love to do more like physical in-person events. I used to do conventions all the time. It's been two years. I want to see people. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough because like as much as the job of being a artist slash business owner can be super glamorized online. And it seems like you're just like always drawing and like doing cool things, but then really you're like in the trenches for 24 hours a day as much as I do maybe I'm an optimist but I still enjoy those things I love tedious tasks oh but (laughs) that's wonderful I I love to do things hard the hard way Mm -hmm. small tangent for the longest time I was printing all of my shipping labels on printer paper cutting them out by hand and taping them on and at a certain point I was like I don't need to suffer (laughs) why would you do this I don't know, because I, I was like, ooh, the like label printer is so expensive. And then at a certain point, I was like, oh, I like can't keep living like this. I know. I was just like, <laughs> I was yeah. just, I don't know, man. Like, I was just trying to yeah. live, li- live life on the edge, I guess. But I was like, one day I was like, I don't have to keep living like this. Like, I can, I can just get the label printer and no one will, if anything, they'll prefer it. Like, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's really a tough question. I mean, part of me wants to say that I wouldn't change anything, but, like, a lot of people in our customer service emails are so, so nice. But I would love if people could understand that small businesses aren't Amazon. The Mm. age of Amazon has really polluted the minds of the masses. Um, Don't know if that's quite the best way to say it, and I always feel bad when I do bring this up, but, you know, we are five people in our little studio And I'm so impressed with the system that we've come up with where things used to take a decent amount of time to get sent out because we're only a few people. But then slowly but surely, things have gotten so much faster. We will never be as fast as Amazon. And I wish, I I think that, especially as things grow, that like the follower number does not equal like resources. (laughs) Yeah. I don't even know if I should have said that, but you know, whatever. I mean, that's, that makes sense though. I feel like, I mean, maybe we burn Amazon to the ground. I think that would be a great change to the world. (laughs) I mean, Bo Burnham, he made that song for a reason. Yeah. Liberate, liberate the world. Um, what are your favorite tools, books, softwares, hacks? Like, this is my favorite question because we always, we all think a software is going to change our life. This is going to sound so simple. Yeah. Coolers.co. What is this? It's C-O-O-L-O-R-S dot co. It is a palette generating website where through the magic of coding, 
literally like you go to the website and it generates a color palette for you and I'll have the hex codes and you can change them to be the Pantone colors and you press the space bar and it just keeps generating a palette. Then you find some colors you like, you lock them in and then you keep generating. And then again, through the magic of coding, it makes something that looks good together. And boy, people are always like, Selena, your colors, you pick them so well, which I have like my go-to colors for sure. But honestly, half the time I'm just like, I want this vibe. Then it's like space bar, space bar, space bar. There we go. <laughs> oh, amazing. Oh, this is a beautiful website. Okay. Isn't it? Oh, so satisfying. Good. Um, and then another one, which it's funny. My partner will tell me about things and tools that totally would be just absolutely huge helps to me. And I'm like, I'll like open it up and be like, hmm, that does seem helpful. And then in turn, not start using it until six months later when I'm like, hey, you remember that like that thing you told me about? <laughs> it's yeah. actually incredible and I love it. And he's just like, I thought you'd come around. So <laughs> that one's specific. <laughs> uh, but Notion, I don't know if you've ever used Notion. No, tell me. It's essentially like, I call it, I don't, this is not how they brand it, I'm pretty sure. But this is kind of how I, it's like a bullet journal, but digital. Great. And it's this like free form. I think people call it like a wiki maker. I don't know. For me, it's like a bullet journal and it has all these different widgets like calendars and to-do lists. I love to-do lists. Yeah. I mean, I have ADHD and running a business with ADHD, well, existing with ADHD, first of all, yes. scatterbrained, but yeah. with a business too, just it's, it's a lot. And I have a like notebook that I used to do my bullet journaling in and I have now been completely converted to a notion lover because I can't lose notion. And that's very important. Yes. <laughs> um, but it's been great because like you can, you essentially are given like blank pages that you can format however way works for you. A lot of people do have templates that they can give out like that they have online and then you can kind of tweak it and edit it to the ways that work for you. And we have it both for like me personally, but then also for the team, what I call it, the Carmi crew. <laughs> And everyone has like their own little space and we can all collaborate there and keep each other up to date. But even for me personally, just to have a place to be like, these are the things I need to do and how urgent each, each of these things are or my ideas for different things. And it just keeps them all in one place. And it's aesthetically pleasing. Ooh, if I can, <laughs> so if I can change a, f it's so important. If I, if it was just like a Google doc, I'm like, no, but if I can change the font and add a cute little icon in a GIF as the header, I'm in, I'm already down. <laughs> I'm hooked. Excellent. Pretty yeah, shapes and colors. Sounds important. I mean, it sounds really important. So I understand. I yep. actually wrote like, I wrote like a few little notes for this podcast that I ended up not even reading off of because it's so easy to talk to you, oh, but I wrote it all in Notion. Excellent. Perfect. Do you have any advice for someone wanting to do what you do? The biggest thing, and I think... I, I get emails all the time of people like, how do I do exactly what you do? And yeah. the advice I always give, which I think is not necessarily what people super want to hear, but it's to start small. Mm. And because people see, you know, me, I'm like 23 and I'm doing like these old big cool things. And I'm super lucky to be this young doing what I do now. But I started out making just posters and stickers and not only building confidence in myself to be like, okay, I, I conquered posters and stickers and now I can move on to like enamel pins and keychains. Yeah. But also for people buying stuff from me, 
even though I didn't have that big of a following since I was 15, it's like even just going through the halls of a convention, be like, oh, that girl, I saw her last year. She did posters and stickers and now she's doing enamel pins and keychains. It's this like kind of trust built up where it's like, you've done X before, so I know you can do Y. And even in myself to be like, it's not this big daunting task to move on to the next bigger item because I've already done things before. If you've never made a product before and then you suddenly jump into making purses, it's gonna be so daunting for you to know what's right and what's wrong and when, like what you need to do for that. But then also for potential customers, they're like, well, I've never yeah. seen anything from you before. Yeah. And it's it's hard like to get the the customer to actually make the move and buy something like they, they have to have a trust in you and I think it's something that was really valuable for me and a, a trust I have between me and my customers is and my fans of course it's just that they know that when I post online that I'm planning I have this bag idea that I can do it and yeah. that it will be real whether it's sooner or later but they know that I can and that I will fulfill that absolutely starting things is a skill but finishing them is a skill that's much harder and I think building yeah. that skill up over time with simple things is, is something that I talk to my artists about a lot. Like a lot of people have this perfectionism in their head that they never want to finish something. But you mm -hmm. can't you can't grow until you finish something, you know? You gotta, yeah. Yeah. And even if something's not perfect, you've definitely learned something. And next time it can be even better. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. There's things I look at, like even my next line I have sitting on the counter next to me. And I like, I can say things I'd like to change about it. But anyone I show, they're like, this is the best thing you've ever done. So yeah. no one's going to know. Like, you're always your biggest critic. Yeah. And I honestly, a, a big thing that I do want to kind of say, yes. <laughs> like as a piece of advice, is for the longest time, like I, I mean, everyone struggles with like jealousy and wanting to do what other people do. Oh, or, yeah. Like, how can I be them is always the kind of thought. Mm -hmm. And something that helped me not only stay stay genuine in what I like to do, which is also a big point, is to be genuine, but also for my own mental health, is don't think, how can I be them? It's how can I be beside them? Mm -hmm. And how can I kind of, like, be a part of that circle and grow with them instead of being, like, upset that you're not already there? And... I just, I truly believe that in any industry, but especially like the one that I'm in, there's room for everyone. Everyone has a different voice and a different idea and a different design. And we're, it's not a, like a rat race or a, like a, a chase to be better than the other person. Like we all make, we're just out here making cute things for cute people, you know? And <laughs> cute people always going to need cute things. Yes, this is true. And every person is cute and they all deserve cute things. And we should want to be beside our peers instead of beating them at the same game that we're all playing. Yeah. I can find sometimes that like, you know, and it's different when if like someone does copy a thing that you literally just made, it's like, okay, hey, you know, and be nice about it and just be like, hey, like I already made this. And oftentimes like I've had an issue, like not necessarily issues. I'm thankfully never had any internet scandals, but like <laughs> someone made a bag accidentally that looked a lot like mine and people were like, hey, um, so not, just so you know, like Carmico already made this and they're like, oops, I'm so sorry. And it's like having that community where it's like, yeah, yeah we're all in the same field and we're going to accidentally at times possibly make something similar to someone else. But that's not 
a reason to get like upset or angry. It's just we're all in this together and we're all on this journey of making cute things for cute people and we don't have to tear anyone down in the process because we're all friends. It's <laughs> very sweet. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think that that's having that attitude of positivity is so good for your own mental health and also yeah. so good for building an audience. So that's really yeah. wonderful. Oh my gosh. Selena, thank you so much. Thank you. This has been so fun. I really appreciate you coming. I can't wait for my bag. I'm going to wear it as like a little side sling because they're convertible. I'm so happy. I'm so glad. (laughs) I really, really appreciate you coming on and talking about what you have done to make your business so wonderful. And it sounds like also stay positive while you're running a huge empire, which is wonderful. Thank you. No, it's honestly being able to come on and meet you in the digital realm and talk about this stuff has been an absolute dream. And I just had so much fun. And I hope you did too. I did. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. so much to selena muriel for coming on the podcast everybody go check out carmico.ca that's c-a-r-m-i-c-o.ca you will love it you can find a gift for yourself you can find a gift for anyone in your life who is a fan of the cottagecore aesthetic or space it really truly is a beautiful unisex brand as you could tell during this interview i'm a big fan and follow them on instagram if you are a creator You've got to follow them on Instagram because we have, as we covered in this episode, Selena is a social media genius and has built her whole business based on her social media acumen. So go follow them everywhere. Carmi, go. Thank you so much to Aubrey Turner for editing this podcast. Please share it with a creative friend. If you have any questions at all, send them on over to fanfundedpodcast at gmail.com. Please leave a review if you enjoyed this. And if you like hearing from me, please go over to lasercampaigns.com where I help artists find their audience. There is a free fan funding guide as well as a newsletter with all kinds of good information like how to use TikTok to find your audience. How much money you could make on Kickstarter if you ran one tomorrow. How to decide what your target fan should look like. All of that is in my newsletter, which you can sign up for at lasercampaigns.com. I really appreciate you listening. And please never forget that the things that make you different are what really make you shine. Goodbye. Goodbye.